Freedom Hut. We are post-impeachment one day. We'll talk about what that means for the country, for the election, and yes, just how crazy the Democrats have really gotten. Also, there's some missing Epstein suicide footage, and can you get fired for claiming there are two sexes? That and more coming up. This is the Buck Sexton Show, where the mission or mission is to decode what really matters with actionable intelligence. One small thing. Make no mistake. America, great. You're a great American. Again. The Buck Sexton Show begins. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. Well, they did it. They did it, team. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. We are not surprised. I've been telling you for quite some time that this is where all of this was heading. But we have seen the Democrats do exactly what was expected here. They have, in fact, impeached the president of the United States. It was a somber and prayerful moment for Democrats. We'll get into how much that was a complete pile of of nonsense. Not surprising at all. We knew that would be the case. There are some people on Twitter who are now expressing their concerns. There are some libs who are worried that Mike Pence will now be president. No, no, that's not how it happens. It should also be noted that if you look at how many impeachment proceedings there have been, um, there's only obviously three presidents impeached. uh, Andrew Johnson... Bill Clinton and now Donald Trump. Nixon was not impeached, as we discussed yesterday. He resigned before he could be impeached and removed. Um, But there's something of a fat tail, you'd say, at the end of this. There's a a thicker end of the wedge toward recent times. This is becoming a more common occurrence. I think you could blame it perhaps on the saturation of political media coverage that's out there. People think that these things matter so much more than they do. I know seemingly normal, well-adjusted adults who really believe that Donald Trump is dragging this country into fascism and that we should all be terrified that he's going to start a nuclear war with Kim Jong-un. They they really believe that. They also believe that the world is going to be on an uh, unceasing path to uh, annihilation of the human species unless... We put AOC types in charge of the government to combat climate change. People that are aligned with this new Green Deal. So I don't know how anyone could wake up and think that they have good judgment, that they're well adjusted, that they understand the world around them and take that point of view. But then again, I also don't know how anyone could see this Democrat impeachment as anything other than a complete absurdity. There is something uh, so transparently dishonest about all of it. The way they speak about this impeachment, the way they present themselves. Here, here's the, I can't necessarily, unless you're watching us on the first, channel 248 on Pluto TV, I can't show you, but I can, you can hear it and I'll talk you through it. This is where they finally had the moment where they got to do what they've been waiting to do for three years. They've been wanting to do. They've been plotting to do this. In fact, the Mueller probe was intended to get us to this point. Pelosi slams the gavel down after they voted on articles of impeachment. A straight party line vote. Strictly partisan affair. Not a single Republican joining them in this utter sham. 
And here is what Pelosi sounded like then. Play it. Article 1 is adopted. The question question is on adoption of Article... Now, you might be wondering, why was there that... Oh, why did everybody... Because Nancy had already given instructions to the Democrats... This was already known. This had been reported on. I mentioned it to you yesterday here on the show. Don't clap. This is a somber, prayerful. Let's make this look serious. Nancy Pelosi was wearing black yesterday and everyone was pointing out how that's because it's so serious. And yes, it is serious. It was a funeral for sanity on the House floor. That's what was going on. The death of rationality. So in a sense, I'm happy that they wore black or that Nancy Pelosi did. There were some others as well. And she had to wave them off when they started clapping, like like the angry grandma who said, up, up, no ice cream until you're done with your dinner. Waved off the Democrats who were showing the American people what this is really all about. They hate Trump. They hate what he stands for. They hate how he acts, how he sounds, who he is, who supports him, by the way. They hate Trump supporters. Don't ever forget that. It's not just the president that they despise. It is the base of Trump support that they find to be the uh, ill-educated, unwashed masses. They hate Trump supporters, too. They call you racist. They say it's not possible to be a good person and support this president. That means those of you listening to this show, you are included in the animosity that these Democrats and, by the way, their supporters have toward this president. This is not just about one man. This is about a movement. This is about much more than just Donald Trump. And that's why it's troubling. It should be troubling to all of us as we see this. Um, But there's also something of unintentional comedy. Uh, Earlier in the week, I think we had a title for our podcast here, which you should subscribe to the Buck Sexton Show podcast on the iHeart app if you have not already. Uh, But we had a show that was the unfunny, the unfunny joke of impeachment. That is what they that is what was being discussed. That's what was being talked about. The unfunny joke of impeachment, because it's clear to me that they don't mean for this in any way to be anything other than Solomon serious. But a normal person would look at this and say, hold on a second. This is absurd. We've known this is coming all along. I'm not Nostradamus. I'm not some great predictor, better than most in politics, but it's so hard to know. No one really knows what the future is. And we've known that impeachment was coming all along. But before the gavel had even hit on the dais, is that the way we would say it? Up there on the podium, podium, we'd say, right? The dais is something else. I just want to use a fancy word. Word of the day, dais. Know what it is, Buck. Uh, Before they had even done that, there was talk of the next step. You see, here's the problem the Democrats face. What do they do about the fact that they don't have just the sheer political muscle in the Senate? They don't have the votes. And as much as they have pretended that this impeachment process was akin to a criminal legal proceeding, it is not. Clearly, Adam Schiff was stacking the deck at every opportunity, doing all that he could to manipulate the process along the way, releasing phone records of people that didn't prove anything by the what was that all about just trying to smear people he didn't like that are involved in this hey these guys are our enemies democrats and they talk to each other 
Rudy Giuliani, John Solomon, Devin Nunes. Look at this. I've got their phone records. Why would he release them? Why not redact it? That was just meant to embarrass people. It was meant to feed more red meat, or dare I say, more soggy tofu to the left wing base. It is stunning how quickly they're willing on the Democrat side to throw away any of the rules that they have claimed even a day before to hold so dear. It is stunning to see the way that they, in something that could only be really a a symptom of multiple personality disorder of some kind among the Democrats. One day, it's the process is sacrosanct. How dare anyone think of doing anything about this? The next day, it's easy for them to bastardize that same process to suit their political whims. I mean, this is a remarkable feat of brazenness and dishonesty, and I bring you the latest in this. Will there even be a Senate trial? Now, you might be saying, Buck, hold on a second. I remember I remember from civics class or just from being a well-informed citizen that uh, the House votes to impeach and then they pass the articles of impeachment to the Senate and the Senate holds a trial. This is the process. Oh, but now there's this new, this new wrinkle that they present. Nancy Pelosi has suggested that they will withhold the articles of impeachment. Ah, of course. So the process is sacred until it doesn't give Democrats the power to do whatever they want. And then the process must be disrupted, corrupted, cast aside. Doesn't matter. Oh, I see. Now they're going to hold the articles of impeachment. There are a few reasons why they do this. For one, it allows them to create this, assuming that this happens. And by the way, I, I think it's a good chance it will that they will hold it for some period of time, because what they're going to say is the Senate is doing something that is unfair. The Senate is already in the tank. You have members of Congress that are saying that Mitch McConnell uh, can't give a fair trial. That Mitch McConnell is, I mean, how, how stupid do they think we are? Does anyone think that Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi or Adam Schiff or Jerry Nadler are impartial in this? Think about the bizarro land that Democrats are living in. The Democrats are, they're just objective and truthful and honest in this. They're politicians doing a political process, but they're just objective and truthful in judging this impeachment proceeding. But you can't try it. Republicans aren't, aren't impartial. This is crazy. This is now the new argument. This is what they offer up. I don't know how, how to feel, whether I should be enraged or amused or just deeply troubled for the collective mental health of the Democratic Party because they're nuts. They've gone nuts. This is not normal. This is not rational or reasonable. This is something else. As I've told you, Trump has broken them. They are a broken, a broken political party. So they're going to withhold the articles of impeachment unless the Senate allows the House, I mean, the uh, Senate majority, which is Republican, allows the House majority, the Democrats, to determine what the Senate rules will be. You see, when the House was in Democrat hands in this regard, they got to do whatever they wanted. And Republicans said, well, it's gross, it's unfair, but they're doing, you know, they're, they're allowed to do this as they go. We can't really stop them. I mean, that was... 
I would come into Andessa. It's not fair. I mean, I wasn't claiming that there was some, you know, sit-in procedure or something that you could just lock arms with Republican congressmen in front of the meeting rooms and not allow this to occur. I mean, if they want to have a sham impeachment proceeding with Schiff running it, they can do it. And they did. But now that they had their way, they are trying to dictate how the Senate will conduct its business. And if the Senate does not give in to their demands, they say, well, we won't even we won't even pass along the articles of impeachment. We're just going to hold them because, oh, that's right. The process when Republicans have the have the votes is unfair. This is central to the Democratic Party. Anytime they lose, it is illegitimate, whether it is an election or it is the impeachment proceeding or it is the end of the Mueller probe, whatever it may be. Anytime Democrats lose, the outcome is illegitimate. It's never that they just lost regroup, be adults, live to fight another day. No, no. Illegitimate. Unfair. You cheated. Democrats are the kid that anytime he loses, whether it's checkers or chess or kickball, goes and cries to the teacher and says they cheated. They're doing it again. That is what is happening right now, assuming that this strategy and they do it all the time, whether they do it in this case or not, doesn't change the underlying truth. But assuming that they deploy this strategy, even for a few days, it is meant to undermine the process for the Senate controlled, uh, the Republican controlled Senate. You see, Pelosi knows something. She has to make sure that there isn't a bipartisan vote held in the Senate, even one or two Democrat senators who want to keep their jobs and realize how insane this is. One or two go along and vote to acquit the president. You would have an entirely party line House vote to impeach. Democrats all in lockstep and Republicans are like, you people are insane. Good job, Republicans. Justin Amash, by the way. Some of us knew never to trust this guy. A little too sanctimonious, a little too Comey-esque, actually. I'm just going to say it. And then and some of you are mad at me for that, and that's OK. I'm, I'm right about this one. All right. Justin Amash, not to be trusted. Uh, ben Sass, also not to be trusted. People that, that run in really red districts and then have good voting records or seem like they're going along with the Republican Party on stuff, but then at key moments break with it, uh, that's opportunism. That's not being principled. So I have to ask this, though. What are the Democrats going to say? What are the Democrats going to put forward for us? When there's a bipartisan vote to at least somewhat bipartisan, a few Democrats to acquit Trump. Who wins in the court of public opinion then? Who has the stronger argument? Who is the side here? Which side is being more viciously partisan and unfair? The House that impeached or the Senate that acquitted? Pelosi knows this, so she has concerns. But there's also another possibility here at least by delaying, and who knows how long they will create this delay. Perhaps they'll do a Merrick Garland and there'll just be no vote on this ever. But by delaying sending the articles of impeachment to the Senate, by stalling the process, you have a repeat of exactly what they did in the Mueller probe, the Weissman probe, as we should call it. Make broad allegations, smear someone, defame them, but then make sure that there is no way for them to be cleared. If 
the if the Mueller report had said this is the President Trump committed a crime, here's where he committed a crime, people could look at it, adjudicate it and say, well, that's not a crime. Nice try, though. But instead, what he said, well, here are 10 possible counts of obstruction. We're not saying it's obstruction. We're not saying it's not. How do you defend against that? So is it obstruction or is it not? Well, it it allows crazy libs around saying there were 10 counts of obstruction. No. 10 possible counts of obstruction. These are weasel words. This is intellectual cowardice, abuse of the system, bad faith. Democrats are doing it again. They lost another game of kickball and they're going to go run and cry to the teacher and say the rules are unfair. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Good evening. It has been a day for the history books here in the nation's capital, though historians may not look kindly on what transpired behind me here today. William Jefferson Clinton is now the first elected president to be impeached by the House, the second president in all of history. He says he will stay on the job while his fate is already lying before the U.S. Senate in the form of two approved articles of impeachment agreed to here today. Back in 1998, Brian Williams He looks the part, he sounds the part, doesn't really have to do anything other than that to be a multimillionaire lib news broadcaster. Historians may not look kindly on this. Oh, may not look kindly on Clinton, who was acting in a completely inappropriate and illegal fashion, breaking, broke the law. There's no question that he broke the law while he was president committed a felony for which he was disbarred, by the way, has nothing to do with him being president. And yet historians might not look kindly on that one because the narrative was Clinton is so great. He is above the law. That was the Democrat narrative then. Now the narrative is uh, Trump is so terrible. He is beneath the law. This is the way they have switched it around. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcast, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. 21 years ago this week, I spoke here on impeachment. In this, sadly, history will not treat Democrats well. They'll be forever remembered as the Senator Joe McCarthy's of our time. So blinded by their hatred of President Trump, they abandoned American rights of due process and fairness and just decency. Reminiscent of Joe McCarthy, they assaulted the Constitution, took glee in secret hearings, blocked evidence and switched charges like rogue prosecutors. Ultimately, they chose abuse of power because they practice it so well. President Trump committed no crime or impeachable offense, none. His legacy won't be stained. Democrats will. We'll look back at these days in, in shame because Trump haters in Congress, like red, red haters of the past, are willing to plunge America into darkness for raw political gain. This impeachment betrays the nation, the Constitution, and the American people. I vote no. The president's been driving these guys crazy because he's getting things done. He's doing what he said he was going to do. He's having results. Taxes have been cut. Regulations reduced. Unemployment at its lowest level in 50 years. The economy growing. Gorsuch and Kavanaugh on the court out of the Iran deal. Embassy in Jerusalem. Hostages home from North Korea. And a new NAFTA agreement coming tomorrow. But guess what? When you drain the swamp, the swamp fights back. And they started attacking the president before the election even. 
this has been coming. This has been coming for three years. There's no question about it. We know we have people on the record of the Democratic Party saying it. How will history look back on this? Well, here's the truth of the matter. It'll depend on what happens in the election in the fall. The whole purpose of this was to create the asterisk next to Trump. Uh, the whole purpose of this was to give libs a narrative that they could sink their teeth into. Here, for example, is how many of them responded to this as soon as the Pelosi gavel had been slapped down. Uh, here is what they were saying about the meaning behind all this, how important it all is. Play 34. On the 1,063rd day of his presidency, Donald Trump was impeached. That now becomes the single most important fact about the Trump presidency. He was impeached. This is the single most important day in the Trump presidency. President Trump was impeached for one reason, because he deserved it. You are not asleep. <laughs> this is not a dream. This is really happening. This is your life. This is our country and our time. It is Wednesday, the 18th of December in the year 2019, and President Donald Trump is impeached. Oh, no. What will we ever do? The most important day of the Trump presidency. I would want to ask. I think that was Lawrence O'Donnell. I think I'd want to ask him was the most important day of Clinton's presidency the day he got impeached, because I feel like he's probably never said that before. And then Jeffrey Tubin, among the worst and uh, biggest hack legal analysts you'll find anywhere, of course, chief legal analyst at CNN. He's just wrong all the time about everything. It's amazing. It's amazing how wrong everyone is at CNN. and No one seems to care. You know, big dossier man, Jim Shuto, dossier and, uh, and chief propagandist for Russia collusion man, Jake Tapper. None of them seem to say, hey, you know what? We made a little mistake here. Maybe we should recalibrate a little bit. Nope. Just just keep on moving on to the next one, because the goal is to take down Trump. And in fact, the media is gleeful because they believe and I think they're correct. There are two dynamics that led to this impeachment. One of them is. The media trying to reassert its authority to control the narrative, to dictate politics in this country the way they feel they did back in the Nixon Watergate affair. Trump is a challenge to and an attack on the journo class, right? The echelon of journalists in this country that think that they are the ones that inform us and therefore think about how much power they really have over our politics and just our perception of what's really happening in this country. So that's one component of all of this. And then uh, you, you also have the desire that Democrats have. I mean, there's just no, no question that Democrats needed something that they could say, see, it's not legitimate. He's impeached. So the journos wanted this really badly and the Democrats needed something to say to their constituents. Hey, hold on a second. Look what we've done. We impeached this president. He's not really legitimate. In fact, Nancy Pelosi said he's not legitimate. Now, I would tell you, in other countries, once you have the opposition party, which is what the Democrats currently are, um, once you have the opposition party to the regime in power talking about illegitimacy, you have a major issue on your hands that can only get worse with time. The Democrats talk a lot about our system. They talk about how they respect it so much. And as I've said to you, and, and, until the next day when they don't, they respect the system until they have no more need of the system and, or, or they want to change it. And then they will undermine it. They'll cut it down. 
It's just all about expedience. Expedience in the service of the Democrats' lust for power. Uh, they had to impeach this president because it was also something that the left-wing base demanded. You had uh, Rashida Tlaib, for example, being so solemn and somber. If those words meant exactly the opposite of what they mean, on her way to cast her vote for impeachment. Play 32, please. Hey, everyone. I am on my way to the United States House floor to impeach President Trump on behalf of my incredible district, 13 District Strong. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do this. Let's impeach him. Oh, no. Somber and serious. I can just see Pelosi wagging her finger in her face. Excuse me. This is somber and serious. No, it's not. It's absolutely not. And the fact that many of these same Democrats, notably Pelosi and Nadler, among others, were staunch, brazen defenders of Clinton for actually committing crimes. They'd managed to hold on despite the fact that Bill Clinton. Oh, and I love this. Oh, at least Clinton was contrite. This was Tapper was putting this one out on Twitter yesterday. He's the worst. Bill Clinton was contrite after lying, 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 lying to the public all the time, lying under oath, which is a crime. And then there was DNA evidence. I know there are young people listening, so we won't get into the specifics here, but it was getting really difficult for Clinton to continue to cling to this fiction that nothing happened. There was evidence, hard evidence of what exactly happened there. He was contrite when he got caught. And also, he was contrite, except for the fact that his wife was saying it was a vast right-wing conspiracy. Oh, that's right. This, the person that the Democrats are still so upset didn't become president in 2016 because she's so fantastic and ethical. Um, think about the precedent that this sets. And I, I have to say, I don't know how I'd be able to push back against it if we now just have a system where the majority in the House can really hijack the functioning of the legislative branch just in order to have a big we hate the president session, which is what this is. How are we going to stop the the next time, a, especially if we get one of these Democrat socialists in, how are we going to stop the Democrats from or just stop Republicans from saying we, you know, this this Democrat president's horrible and we're going to impeach him. And now this is just a tool of opposition to the presidency. You know, the nuclear option. If you go back and look at times in the last 20 years where the political equivalent of the nuclear option was deployed, you will notice a pattern. When Harry Reid wanted to just ram through federal judges, left wing activist judges, hashtag resistance, which we see today against Trump, judges with appallingly bad decisions, lawless decisions. Hashtag resistance. Harry Reid, a Democrat, decided to change the rules in the Senate when it suited his short-term political interests and needs. The nuclear option was deployed. When it came to Obamacare, was there a single Republican vote to create a massive new government entitlement program? No, no, not a single Republican vote. And if you want to talk nuclear option, they also used for part of the passage of Obamacare Reconciliation, which is a, a budgetary maneuver, never meant to be used for the passage of major legislation. 
affecting trillions of dollars over the course of its uh, of its lifespan. That, that's absurd, right? But they 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 went nuclear on that party line vote for Obamacare reconciliation when they didn't even have the votes. They just changed the rules. What do you hear from Democrats after they lost this election to President Trump in 2016? Maybe we should pack the Supreme Court, they say. Maybe we should get rid of the Electoral College. And now, after 20 years since the Bill Clinton impeachment, a little more than 20 years now, when we've all been told that this needs to be a bipartisan affair, who goes nuclear with a strict party line vote? And congrats to the Republicans, uh, the Republican caucus, and just holding it all together here. Not a single Republican voted for this. Not one. Who went nuclear? Democrats. Now, they would point, they'll point to all this malfeasance they say in the past. They'll say, oh, Bush lied, the Iraq war. A lot of Democrat votes for that. A lot of, Hillary Clinton was a Democrat vote for the Iraq war, folks. I mean, you look at, where is the equivalent on the other side? Where do you have Republicans saying, we're going to remake this system, we're going to tear it down, we're going to do whatever we have to do to get our way? We will go nuclear to get what we want. I'll say, oh, Buck, but Mitch McConnell expanded. Well, he just expanded what Harry Reid did because Harry Reid broke the dam. Okay, well, I mean, if that's the way we're going to play, that's where we're going to play. And now it's going to account for Supreme Court justices too, straight up or down vote. Fine. But whenever you see breaking down of barriers that are meant to be at least a, a bulwark, a, a speed bump against majoritarian tyranny or one part a one party tyranny it's the democrats who are doing it over and over and over again and they have harnessed an emotional socialist left that doesn't believe that there's good faith to be had with regard to the other side there's not compromise that has to be reached they have to get their way because when they get their way everything will be better the country will be better so who could stand in the way of that Whenever the nuclear option is deployed, it is Democrats who have pushed the button. That is what you see. And there'll be a lot more of that, I might add, if they have the power to do it. We'll see what Mitch McConnell is able to come up with in the Senate, assuming that the House even passes these articles of impeachment to the Senate. But there is only one side that is kicking at the load-bearing walls of this republic, gleefully and self-righteously, and it is the Democrats. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Democrats did not choose this impeachment. We did not wish for it. We voted against it. We voted against it once. We voted against it twice. We voted against it three times as recently as July. We did not want this. However, President Trump's misconduct has forced our constitutional republic to protect itself. Serious people cannot take the Democrats seriously. That's where we are now. If you're a person who understands the English language, has some sense of ethics, history, boundaries, truth. You can't take the Democrats seriously. They don't want this. They've been saying they've wanted it for years. And also, why would they not want this? 
If the president committed, this is a nonsensical, and I really mean that. This does not make sense as a position in the debate. Why would they not want to impeach the president? Oh, because it's Solomon prayer. No, they're just trying to add gravitas. They're trying to just like baubles on a Christmas tree. They're trying to just make this seem, dress it up, create something else. They should want, they should desperately want to impeach this president if he has done what is not just what is alleged to do, if he has committed the gravity of the crimes that they seem to think he has committed, even though they're not even crimes and they're certainly not grave. Um, I am sitting here hearing all these Democrat arguments, looking at, yesterday I had to watch this stuff. I mean, I was at home and they're just getting up there one after another, just, uh, it's like they're giving the same stump speech. And there are all these Democrat members of Congress I couldn't help but have moments where I said, who? Who is this person? The republic is at risk, and if we don't vote for the... What? Congressman from where? I mean, you know, who are these people? I mean, the, the good news is that at least the only place that Congress's overall approval rating is going is down, down the tubes, as it should. Um, although I do... I, I, there was some, some upside from the Republicans yesterday. Um, the Republicans, some of them had a very good showing. Representative Doug Collins... Remember, I always liked that guy. I interviewed him when I worked at the Hill. He was a good dude. Uh, here's what he had to say. Play 28. It has been said today, where is bravery? I'll tell you where bravery is found and courage is found. It's found in this minority who has lived through the last year of nothing but rules being broken, people being put down, questions not being answered, and this majority saying, be damned with anything else. We're going to impeach and do whatever we want to do. Why? Because we won an election. I guarantee you, one day you'll be back in the minority, and it ain't going to be that fun. Because when you look at it, when you actually trash the rules of this house, you ought to really look at what did you gain at the end by trashing the institution you claim to love. What did you gain at the end? That is the question Democrats are faced with right now. What is the upside here other than, than certainly energizing and really placating the socialist base of the Democratic Party now? The people that are just frothing with rage against Donald Trump. For what, by the way? I always want to ask this question. They, they hate this president so much. Have we, has he presided over a massive recession? No. Are we sending troops off to countries that we don't need to be in at all and we're getting our, our, our soldiers are getting killed, coming back maimed, struggling with PTSD, struggling with what was I doing over there? Not, not under this president. I mean, he hasn't completely ended the war in Afghanistan, but he's getting close. He's prevented a much deeper intervention in Syria that, you know, the national security apparatus, bipartisan national security apparatus was looking for. The neocons still lurk all over D.C. waiting for the opportunity to tell us to go take over and remake another country. What is the thing that Trump has done that is so horrible? What, what is the, oh, the, the, the border policy? Is that really where we're going to go, where the president decided that we weren't going to have an open border? That's that's what they hate so very, very much. They won't admit that they want an open border. I really ask this. The people who are so terrified about Trump, who think he's a fascist, who think he's a dictator, all these things. Do they have any evidence whatsoever for the insanity that they constantly spew? Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, I think we have a vote coming in. So we got every single Republican voted for us. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. 
almost 200. So, so we had 198, 229, 198. We didn't lose one Republican vote. And, and three Democrats voted for us, Haley. Haley! Haley, great job. Wow. The Republican Party has never been so affronted, but they've never been so united as they are right now. Ever. Never. And I know the senators and they're great guys and women, too. We have some great women. We have great guys. They're great people. They love this country. They're going to do the right thing. They're going to do the right It is remarkable that the GOP managed to stay entirely united in this way in the face of all of the pressure the Democrats could bring to try and just break off. All they needed was a couple of votes. And you know what you'd be hearing all day today? The bipartisan impeachment vote. One Republican member of Congress would have been all that it took. Just one. A handful would have been great for Democrats. And yet that didn't happen. It didn't happen because, as you see, this is completely and utterly unfair and also transparently partisan and all the rest of what we have been saying this whole time. What exactly do they say the president did? I wanted to just revisit this for a moment. Um, You have Kevin McCarthy, for example, who in shorthand explains that he's being impeached for not even really doing anything. Would you play uh, clip 20, uh, please, producer Mark? Did the president do anything wrong? The president... Take away impeachment. He did nothing to be impeached. But did he he do anything that bothers you? That's not the question. There's people I work with every day. The speaker does something that bothers me. Members of my own Congress do something that bothers me. But you want to demean impeachment that low? Remember what you're asking when you're impeaching somebody. You are removing the duly elected individual of the United States of America simply because he made you upset, simply because you disagreed with something. This president campaigned on the... The idea that he would be different, that he would drain the swamp. So it upset somebody. Indeed, it upset somebody. That's what this is. It upset the Democrats who cannot accept that they lost an election. That is what is really happening here. That is the truth of what has gone on here. Um, and yet the impeachment articles are super weak. It's another problem that they've got. What is the crime? Abuse of power. You could say that about anything that a president does that you don't like. Abuse of power? That's not a crime. No, this isn't a, and, this, and then now they say, oh, well, it doesn't have to be a crime to be impeachment. Yeah, but it has to be something that really, really is a big deal then, right? What exactly is the big deal here? I have to love, one of my favorites, I mean, now some of this, I've just, I got to let this loose. I can't handle it. Democrats pretending that they give a crap about Ukraine is one of the funniest parts of this whole thing. They don't care at all. They don't care about Ukraine. And honestly, most Americans don't care about Ukraine. Like, it's not that big a deal for us. It's nice country, nice people. Wish them all the best. Russia's a neighbor. A lot of Ukrainians like Russia, by the way. Uh, but, you know, it's not something that gets normal people all that energized. Oh, we're, we're, we're fighting them on the front lines of Donbass, so we're not fighting them on the front lines of the Upper East Side in Manhattan? I mean, come on! Annie McCarthy is making this point today. It was, it's just fantastic. It's so, it's so ridiculous. Uh, we look at the two articles of impeachment, what's out there right now. You know, abuse of power. 
Um, and he goes through this step by step in National Review that, you know, the abuse of power, you're pressuring a foreign power to meddle in U.S. politics. Um, he writes, Democrats maintain Trump push for Ukraine investigation solely for his personal political gain. Even accepting, as I do, Andy says, that Trump's main motivation on the Bidens was damage to a likely political foe, the argument is still flawed. Number one, there were and are legitimate grounds for investigations. It's not like the president was asking Ukraine to make up corruption evidence out of whole cloth. There is, for example, more reason to suspect Biden family self-dealing in Ukraine, among other places, than there was to suspect a Trump cyber espionage conspiracy with Russia, which our government zealously investigated for years, complete with surveillance warrants, confidential informants, and a special counsel probe. Who does that sound like, by the way? Who's been telling you that all along? The ask was legitimate, that there is a a simultaneous benefit of political damage to a Democrat does not make it illegitimate. Where are the people? I want to pound the table, but I don't want to make, you know, I don't want to hurt anyone's ears listening on radio. But where are the people going on TV making this case? Where are the people that are saying, I'm sorry, no, make a, to get dirt on a political rival is not what was asked. That is not what happened. This is the this is the foundational flaw in the Democrat argument. And Andy McCarthy is pointing it out right here. I've been saying it for weeks. No, no, I don't say people. go, Oh, it makes me really uncomfortable. The president. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's bare knuckle politics. Sure. But guess what? Trump's in a street fight with Democrats that are not just trying to get him not reelected. They're trying to they would throw him in prison tomorrow if they could. And they'd throw his family in prison if they could. They would cheer if they could lock up Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka and Jared, you name it. They would cheer the same way they wanted to cheer when they did the sham impeachment yesterday. These people are nuts. And he continues, furthermore, Trump's request for uh, Kiev's help in investigating Democratic collusion with Ukraine in the 2016 campaign is not... As the impeachment article implies, limited to the debunked theory that Ukraine rather than Russia hacked the DNC. That's a disinformation campaign, folks. That's not that's not what this is all. There is real reporting from left wing media outlets, including The New York Times, that there was some stuff going on with the with the Obama administration appointees in Ukraine and the and some members of the Ukrainian government trying to get information on Paul Manafort, trying to pull something together to hurt the Trump campaign. This is a legitimate area of investigation. I mean, the same people that were telling us that the Carter Page FISA was legitimate for three years, complete lie, a total lie. I mean, this was like central to the lie that was being told over at CNN and MSNBC for three years now. They're the ones that are trying to tell you who can and can't be investigated. No, I'm sorry. There's a lot of reason to be concerned that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and something here was amiss. Getting $50,000 a month while his dad's running foreign policy in a country that's the most corrupt place on earth. Oh, no, but there's no there was no quid pro quo. They tell us there's nothing to see here. How do they know? Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe if we paid some foreigner who hates Joe Biden to ask a bunch of anonymous randos, a bunch of strangers what they think of Hunter Biden, and they put it on a little piece of paper and called it a dossier, then the the investigation would be legitimate. These These are the new Democrat rules. No, I'm sorry. They're wrong. 
There, there, this is not a. This is not both sides can see this differently, and you know people can settle their differences with this. And uh, you know, I don't care what both sides think. One side is right here, and one side is wrong. The Democrats are wrong on this one. And then there is more. Andy goes on to number two. Um, Nothing happened. This would seem to be a pretty important one, wouldn't it? They are impeaching a president of the United States. This is like the joke I keep making about how Seinfeld is a show about nothing. This is an impeachment about nothing. What is the real storyline here? Nothing happened. The delay in aid did not result in any delay in the frontline efforts against the Russians. And by the way... Trump is already better than Obama and his administration on assisting the Ukrainians against the Russians. There's no question about that. That's not a serious debate. So Obama was too wimpy as commander in chief, too unwilling to take political risk to do what was necessary to help the Ukrainians fight back against the Russians. So what are we even talking about here? It's a show about a show about nothing. It's nothing. They got nothing. This is absurd. They also say that Trump transferred aid only because he got caught. Uh, Democrats insist that Trump transferred the aid because he got caught. The whistleblower complaint purportedly prompted Trump to abandon the scheme. But that but this is anything but clear. Trump had other reasons beside pushing for investigations to delay aid to one of the world's most corrupt countries. And he was getting pushed by Russia hawks, the administration and on Capitol Hill to make the transfer transfer. It, uh, it could be that his well-founded reservations about aid for Ukraine were overcome by persuasive arguments. It could be the whistleblower complaint influenced him. It could be both or neither. Regardless, what matters is that the aid was transferred. So they're trying to play psychologists here like they can get inside Trump's brain and decipher a motive for a thing that didn't even happen. This is this is what we are offered up here. They also say that Trump cared only about an announcement, not an investigation. Says who? Says who? Who? Polls? Who's polls? Says who? The president very well might have wanted an investigation. I think the president believed that there's stuff. By the way, I think there's stuff if they had a real investigation of this. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Hunter Biden, when he's not getting caught smoking crack or impregnating strippers, um, he is an international man of mystery getting 50K a month and basically like a paper bag under a desk in Ukraine. But there's no way that guy made any illicit promises to put pressure on his dad or to, you know, whisper in his ear. There's no way that guy would do that, right? Uh, right? I mean, the cracks, the crack smoking stripper philanderer, I mean, he would never have an error in judgment. I don't know. How do we know this? Uh, Democrats uh, assume this is also why they get so nasty. When you bring up the same game that they like to play, did Trump do it? You know, Donna Bosch. And if you spell your name Dana, I think we get to call you Dana. Donna Bosch. Did Trump do anything wrong? Um, did Hunter Biden do anything wrong? They say no, even though Hunter Biden says, yeah, this is probably pretty dumb. It's probably pretty bad. You know, I'm not saying I was high during some parts of this decision making process, but I'm not saying I'm not. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and then Andy goes on to, the charge that Trump emboldened Russia. 
Trump is the one that blew up 200 Russian mercenaries in the Syrian desert. Trump is the one that gave Javelin anti-tank missiles to the Ukrainian military to hold back the onslaught of mechanized Russian paramilitaries in eastern Ukraine. Obama would not do that because didn't want to upset Putin too much. By the way, you notice Obama got a lot tougher with Putin on the way out of office after Hillary lost. Right. That's when all of a sudden he's, oh, let's expel diplomats and let's have more sanctions and. It's really easy to be the tough guy. Obama's like the guy who's already being pushed out of the bar when there's a fight. He's like, yeah, you're lucky I'm not there. You're lucky I didn't get it swinging on you. I would have taken you out with a big punch. Yeah. <sighs> nope. I do not think that is the case. Um, and then you also have the continuing threat claim that just because Democrats say so, there is the real concern. We should all be so concerned that Trump is going to cheat in the next election. And remember, this is really just a continuation of their narrative from 2016. They pretend without evidence, as the libs like to say sometimes about Republicans, they, they pretend that Trump cheated in the last election. He didn't cheat in the last election. The Mueller report showed that. And the Mueller report was desperate to find evidence that he cheated in the election. Couldn't find any. None. But they're saying, well, since we all believe as libs that Trump che uh, cheated in the last election, he must be cheating. in the. There, there's the constant threat that he will cheat in the next next election. So we cannot have it happen. We cannot allow there to be a vote. The American people do not get to decide. Remember, folks, it's only elections that the, the only reason we have to listen to imbeciles like Pelosi and Schumer and Schiff and Nadler is because of elections and because we have a system and our fellow Americans, as misguided as they are, Democrats, are able to vote for these people, and then those votes, through the system we have, translate into certain powers and authority. And so we have to live with the reality that people make very bad decisions and believe very stupid, dishonest people who make promises that they'll never be able to keep as a government, who don't learn from history, who don't understand basic economics, who do not respect individual dignity and freedom, who believe in the collective, who believe in a super state to create a utopia. This is the false promise of states throughout history. This goes way beyond or way before even Marxism and socialism. And this is this is the justification that you would have for kings being deified, right? They can they will create just they have total authority because God gives it to them directly and they, they will make a better kingdom because they can make all the decisions. This has always been untrue. But Democrats don't accept this. I mean, I really do think if you're able to map out the brains of, the, of people on the left and people on the right, I, I do think there's some fundamental differences in the, in the functionings and in the structure. They just don't see things the way that we do. Uh, but here we are. They're promising. They're promising that uh, this is about defending the institutions that they are tearing down at every opportunity. They're promising us that this is about how much they care about the founders and the Constitution. I, Democrats, until about five minutes ago, were constantly telling us the founders of the Constitution were racist documents written by racist slaveholders who wanted to just protect slavery and be racist. I mean, that was that's really the Democrat. You know, go read the New York Times 1619 Project. The, the whole founding of America is about racism and slavery. But now that it sounds good for Democrats, all oh, the founders and the Constitution, and they've, redis they've rediscovered the Constitution. Now that that's the approach, we're supposed to believe that everything is all all fine. And, and there's nothing that we can say about what they were saying in the past. This is uh, this is absurd. 
You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. The House Democrats are surrendering their majority, their dignity, their reputations. They look like a bunch of fools. And I'll tell you, we have a lot of new stars in the Republican Party. I could read off a list of 20 names. But they're giving up their honor and they'll receive a big backlash at the box office. When you uh, take a look, that ballot box, that ballot box on November 3rd, I think we're going to have crowds like we've never had. I hope he's right. The only way that there is justice here, the only way that the American people who are sane can feel like everything is going to be okay, that we aren't being driven off a cliff here by lunatic leftists, is if there is a massive repudiation of this, uh, this effort, these multiple coup efforts against the president, this endless hashtag resistance absurdity, uh, the willingness to tear down institutions while they claim to be defending them, the willingness to weaponize the apparatus of the federal government against the duly elected president of the United States, the rejection of election results merely because they don't like the outcome. The only way that we can look at all that and say, you know what, it's all going to be okay, is if the Democrats get a thumping, a, a shellacking this fall. This is this is a very important election in that regard. I, I did not think that the Obama-Romney election was the most important election of our lifetimes. I wouldn't have even said that really about, about Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, because at least with Hillary Clinton, it would have been the continuation of the swamp that we were already getting far too used to. But this time around, the stakes have changed dramatically. This time around, it's a question, as, uh, a question of whether or not we live in the country we really think we do. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, in case you're wondering where the media stands on all this, oh, this was great. This was really fun. Uh, the Washington Post had a bunch of a bunch of reporters who tweeted out a photo. These are all political reporters in D.C. tweeted out a photo of themselves uh, saying happy impeachment, miss, and all toasting and big smiles on their faces. They've since deleted this and they've put out some half ass. Oh, yeah, this was just those reporters celebrating a long day on the beat. But we understand why some people. No, it's not. Media loves this whole thing. This reminds them that they still have the ability to push politicians to make bad decisions. I think that the base want the base wanted what happened here, the left wing base, but also the political media desperately wanted this. They have taken it very personally that Donald Trump will say that these people are these people are generally overpaid, uh, lazy clowns. That's what you you usually have when you're talking about these TV news anchors that are all sort of pompous, you know, these uh, these empty suits you see on TV. Um, they aren't the impressive people that we have been we've been led to believe. I mean, you, you look at some of the chief political analysts. I mean, I can just do this for a second. The chief political analyst at uh, ABC News, this guy Dowd, is a moron and a jerk. He's not a good person. So and not a smart political analyst. He says he's an independent now, of course, because he's got to, you know, he's got to do the bidding of his uh, his paymasters over at ABC. Um, You look at the chief political analyst at CNN, this guy Chalian. 
he was fired from Yahoo News. Only libs managed to get fired for egregious misconduct like this and then get a great, even better, higher paying job somewhere else in the business. Conservatives, you get fired like you're done. Um, but he got fired because he said on, on an open mic, and some of you will remember this, that Mitt Romney is happy. This was the quote. Mitt Romney is happy to throw a party or maybe it was the GOP is happy to throw a party during the Mitt Romney election while black people drown. End quote. That was what he said. That was the quote. So that that's who's supposed to be giving you this un, you know, unbiased, impartial analysis of CNN. Oh, yes. Anderson Cooper and Jake Tapper and Don Lemon and Tris Cuomo and Aaron Burnett. And they'll all sit there and, you know, oh, yes, David, tell us about politics. You're so wise. Man, you know, let's get on the rest of the political. I'm, I'm not even going to get started on the national security analysts over there. These people are idiots. Wrong on everything. All the time. Don't know anything. Just partisans. Partisans. Never. There's no astute analysis coming out of that building ever on the national security side. And they've got former CIA directors. But, you know, we've all found out. Clapper's a moron. What a surprise. Brennan is a loon and a former commie. Maybe probably still a commie. Uh, turned into the communist intelligence agency, man. There's bad stuff going on with Brennan in charge over there. These are these are the people that are supposed to give you the analysis and tell you what's really going on. Um, I mean, the, Jennifer Rubin, <laughs> she's amazing. Oh, man, Jennifer Rubin of the Washington Post. She's the gift that keeps on giving. Conservative. She's a conservative. Hates Trump and Republicans. But she's a conservative, right? Does everything she can to help Democrats. This is one of the favorite ploys. But libs love this. Libs, because it's an affirmation of their beliefs. Whatever, whatever can be done to affirm their beliefs, they're all about. They think that that's fine. Um, but you have her uh, saying that this should be, that yesterday the impeachment of Donald Trump should be a national holiday. Like impeachment day, it should be celebrated by all patriotic Americans. Like President's Day or MLK Day or whatever. You know, impeachment day. The Washington Post's conservative columnist, Jennifer Rubin. I'm always so happy to see that the people that have been wrong all along, every step of the way here, never learn any lessons. Uh, that's good to know. They have no ability to self-correct. And it's because they're not being honest in the first place about what their real goal is. The goal is not to tell the truth to people. The goal is to appeal to a constituency. Unfortunately, the constituency is liberals, is leftists, and the people who control leftist media outlets who get to sign checks and make people feel important and make people feel like they, their voice matters more than other individuals who are in the same business. That's, that's the whole, that's the game, that's the scam, the con. Uh, but I, I did think it was so funny, the Washington Post, oh no, they were just celebrating a long day, really? If Barack Obama had been impeached, do you think the Washington Post reporters would be out tweeting photos of themselves, cheering each other, and calling it Happy Impeachment Day? Do you think so? Do, do they think we're all idiots? I th Unfortunately, I think the answer is yes. I think they believe that Republicans are dumber than Democrats are, which is clearly not, not an opinion that I share. <laughs> but I think that they do believe this. Um, oh, and there's one other thing. I, I could not skip this. This is a lot of fun. Um, the most yesterday was brutal. Watching all these hearings. I mean, it was just brutal. I'm sitting there and I'm, oh, the president of the United States did this and the president of the United States did that. And he's so terrible and get rid of him. And, you know, all this stuff. Oh, you know, all these Democrats pretending they're doing their constitutional duty by 
running roughshod over anyone's good faith understanding of what impeachment, the nuclear option against a president, what impeachment's supposed to be used for. Uh, but there were some colorful moments. There was some interesting stuff. You know that the lib journos have this have this uh, this fixation on pretending that because their children say theoretically said something to them. Well, you know, I I didn't know if I was going to go forward with impeachment, but then my five-year-old said, well, clearly the intent of the founders was to transfer the articles of impeachment to the Senate only after there had been assurances made of a free and fair Senate trial that would not be impugned by illicit partisan motive, end quote, from my five-year-old. And then people start trashing them online because, of course, that five-year-old did not say that. But liberals seem to think, and this is where you get the whole Greta Thunberg thing. They, they like to they like to use children as human shields for their ideas, but also they have this weird worship of like the, the innocence of ch- of ch- uh, children and then combine that with their political beliefs. And they seem to think that there's a purity in their political beliefs because children share them. And to them, I just say, no, it's because your beliefs are childlike. They are childish. Oh, everyone's just going to have everything they need and there's no problems and there's no winners and losers in the world and no one should be punished for bad decisions. That's what kids would think. That's what Democrats think. Here you have uh, Representative Joe Kennedy, who is in Congress because his last name is Kennedy, right? We all know he's a member of the Kennedy family. We all know this. That's that's the only the only reason this guy is a congressional seat. It's because of the Kennedy machine. Please get rid of political dynasties on both sides. Americans, please, please. Stop voting for people because of their last name is. But uh, but here he is telling us that uh, to add a little bit of emotional drama here, it's all about the children. Play five. Dear Ellie and James, this is a moment that you will read about in your history books. Today, I will vote to impeach the president of the United States. And I want you to know why. He broke our laws. He threatened our security. He abused the highest, most sacred office in our land. I want you to know that it does not feel good. I can't stop thinking about the cost to our country. Not just the impeachable offenses, but the collateral damage of a president who uses power like a weapon against his own people, erodes our decency, degrades our dignity. I don't yet know how they will tell the story of this era, but I want to tell you the story of this day. Let the record show that today, justice won, that we did our job, that we kept our word, that we stood our sacred ground. Let the record show that we did not let you down. I love you. I mean, this kid sounds like he's trying out for the high school debate team, doesn't he? Let me tell you that today, justice was done. Oh, okay. Was justice done? uh, Will it be done when the Senate slaps this whole thing aside and says, what a joke? Is that just? It's only justice when the Democrats get what they want, right? That's, That's the real rule. That's the real standard we have here. So many things. Broken our laws. Okay, what law? Come on, fancy congressman. What law did he break? I just want to know. Can you give me the law? Abuse of power is not a law. Obstruction of Congress? You're really, really going to go down that pathway? Good luck. 
No serious person would think that the president of the United States is obstructing Congress by asserting his executive privilege. If assertion of executive privilege was obstructing Congress, what the heck does executive privilege mean? Oh, you mean their argument is completely nonsensical? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, good to know. I'm glad we I'm glad we covered that. Threatened our security. Threatened our security, he says. Not dispersing aid to Ukraine to fight Russians in Eastern. And by the way, it's Ukrainians, too. The Ukrainians are fighting other Ukrainians. We always talk about the Russians. The Russian army hasn't actually like officially invaded. The Russian army is backing a separatist movement there. And there are Russian paramilitaries fighting as Ukrainians because this is a Russian-speaking part of Ukraine. But there are Ukrainians fighting, too, by the way. People leave that part out. Um, but I just would want to know, that's threatening our security how exactly? Because if the Russians gain a couple hundred yards of territory in the Donbass region of Ukraine, you listening to this in Austin, in Indiana, in Florida, in California, in Boston, you, you are threatened how exactly? Putin's going to invade. I don't think so. Threatens our security. I mean, the most meaning, they've said a lot of meaningless things. That is very high up on the list. Um, so what was the other? Those are the, oh, it does not feel good. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure Rashida Tlaib felt pretty good. I'm pretty sure all the Democrats and Nancy Pelosi had to shh, zip it, zip it, Nancy Pelosi told them. Not a word. In French class, my French teacher would have said, ferme la bouche, which I think means shut up. Pretty sure that's what it means. Close the mouth. Yeah, I'm sure that's a ferme la bouche. See, anytime you get a little too salty, producer Mark, that's what I'm going to ferme la bouche. No, I'm just laughing because I think that's what it means. Not You obviously weren't paying much attention in French class. Tais-toi. Which also means shut up. You're play. just showing me that you can speak French. You just don't know what it means. I, I wonder, I mean, what would be the, what's the, what's the FCC? Like, can I start dropping French curses on radio? Because I know them all. I mean, I don't think the FCC would know the difference. So. Right? Yeah. So if I sat here and I started just saying all kinds of things. Just calling me terrible names in French. Terrible names in French. Yeah. I was like, excuse me, you piece of escargot. I could tell you to shut up in Hebrew. That's about as far as. Yeah. Some some people are like, wait a second, is escargot a dirty word? Only if you think snails are really gross. I mean, they are. Have you had snails? They're amazing. Really? You're wrong again. So we were on the honeymoon. There was a French restaurant, and like there was escargot on the men on the menu. I was like, oh, I can't do it. You didn't? Have you ever done it? No. Okay, so let me explain it to you what it's like. It's like a little. It it, it it's almost. I I can't even. The, the consistency of it is not like anything else. But it's just covered in uh, herbs and melted oil. It's amazing. So I mean, just like does it excuse. taste like a snail looks? No, it, it's it's a little slimy. Yeah, little exactly. Gooey. It's just yeah, the yeah, sliminess yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think me es, escargot is fantastic. So I don't know how we got to talk about this today on the show, but escargot is mm. really really good. Um, so yeah, and fermi la bouche. That's a very it's a thing you don't want to say to people unless they're being very rude. Um, we have oh wait, so we're talking about Kennedy. Oh, it says it does not feel good, right? That's where I was on this. Does not feel good. Um, that's a lie. They love this. They love this. Well, why? So why can't they be honest about it? Why do they have to go through this pretense that this is something they really don't want to do? 
Um, I can't explain that to you folks other than to say that they're liars. <laughs> the only explanation is the most obvious one. Occam's razor. Uh, so there's that. I think that's an important one to keep in mind. Uh, and there's there's more there's more of this using children or using the stories of children to try to get Trump impeached or to impeach Trump rather. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. It is my adult son, Ian Schakowsky, whom I will always credit for my decision last June to support an impeachment inquiry. It had never been my goal to impeach a president, but Ian made such a compelling case. He reminded me of the oath I have taken 11 times now to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. He said, Mom, this is not about politics. This is not about party. And pushing back against my arguments, he said, this has nothing to do with the final outcome. It's about doing the right thing, even if others don't. He made me see that it was about my legacy, my modest place in history. I want to thank you, my son, for helping me do the right thing today, to vote to impeach the president of the United States, Donald Trump, because no American is above the law. I just want to tell everybody that it was, it was my son, uh, little Leonidas, who's brilliant, who's eight years old, who's like, Dad, I don't really exist. But if I did, I would just want you to know that you should impeach the president of the United States because I was watching a cartoon and the cartoon had a guy who looked like Trump who was mean. How much more absurd does it get, folks, before we just realize Democrats are out of their minds? How much crazier does this have to be before we can start to just say, not today, Democrats, you're nuts. Go home, Democrats, you're drunk. You even had, I mean, I won't even play this audio, but you had Rep- Representative uh, Custer, I, I mean, so many of these representatives you never heard of before. But anyway, I request the unanimous consent to enter into my statement the record, enter into the record regarding the 75th anniversary of the Battle of the Bulge in favor of articles of impeachment. I mean, this really does remind me of when I used to do high school debate, which I was, of course, fantastic at. But I didn't do as much as I probably should have because I actually wanted to see girls on the weekends when I was in high school and not just travel to all-male Catholic uh, high school debate tournaments. I'm just saying. Uh, but I was very good when I did it. And I'm not going to be humble about that because there's, there's no humble brag. There's just brag. But I remember that there were always kids who at the end were like, and as, and as the great Thucydides would say, you know, they would just come up with some like quote that was the, their summation of their argument. It was always like, kid, you know, you know, we don't, you, know, you don't always have to drop like, don't, don't always go with the Churchill quote as, as the final thing, because it does it doesn't necessarily have the... This is what Democrats were doing. You know, they think that they had their mic drop moment with, you know, my eight-year-old told me that he really doesn't like Trump. Guess what, libs? I don't care what your real or imaginary eight-year-olds think. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcast, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. The House Democrats are surrendering their majority, their dignity, their reputations. They look like a bunch of fools. And I'll tell you, 
We have a lot of new stars in the Republican Party. I could read off a list of 20 names. But they're giving up their honor and they'll receive a big backlash at the box office. When you uh, take a look, that ballot box, that ballot box on November 3rd, I think we're going to have crowds like we've never had. Certainly hope that's the case. And we might have even used that clip earlier in the show, but it's fine. It's it's good enough that it was worth hearing again. It was a quick one. Sometimes that's going to happen. Bruce and Mark's like, wait a second. And I was like, yeah, whatever. It's the Trumpster doing his thing. I like it. You know what is uh, kind of funny? We were in the break for a second, and, and I was... I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, there, there's a there's a Democrat debate tonight. <laughs> oh, man, do I have to? I got a Christmas party to go to. I don't know if I want to watch this Democrat debate. Producer Mark, are you going to watch the Democrat debate tonight? It's just going to be the same old like blah, blah, socialism, blah, blah. Trump is Hitler. I mean, how much more of this can we take? I mean, I'm going to be a captive audience, but. Uh, oh, you have to work. I right? have to work. Yeah. I mean, though I'm not going to be paying attention, but I'll I'll technically be watching it. And and there's a concern here that the first time this debate cycle, the libs are very upset about this. They're very upset. The first time this debate cycle, there will not be a black or Latino candidate on the stage. Uh, you will have Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar. I don't know why I went into radio voice here all of a sudden. Amy Klobuchar, Bobby Newport. Some of you will know what I'm talking about. There are very few, but if not, you can just Google Bobby Newport. And you'll see what I mean. Uh, Andrew Yang and, wow, Tom Steyer is going to be on stage. Tom Steyer still making it in there. Uh, you will not have Michael Bloomberg... Um, he is not going to be in the mix. Who else is not going to be in the mix? Anyway, they're going to talk about health care. They're going to talk about all the things they always talk about. I don't know. I do this for a living. I don't know if before we go, I, I just feel like this is going to be a debate that's forgotten before it even finishes. People just be like, really? We got more of this? Debates also don't move the needle. I think there are too many of these. I think there are too many debates. You have to remember the debate format, the whole idea of having these televised debates goes back, first of all, Oh, it didn't exist till. hey, I have a brilliant bit of political analysis. Televised debate has only existed for as long as there has been the option of watching television. That's why they pay me the uh, medium small bucks, producer Mark. Um, but uh, yeah, televised debate is, is something that used to be the time when you got to see in video form these politicians. But now we can see them. I mean, they're they're tweeting and and live streaming and putting out their own clips on YouTube. And we, we see we see too much of. If anything, there's too there's saturation of these politicians, uh, videos of these politicians that's going on. So I mean, I, I have to say, I'm not I'm not somebody that thinks that we need this at all. I don't know. I, I guess I'll have to watch some of it tonight. Maybe I'll. I don't know. It's not even going to be fun to live tweet it. You know, it's going to be more of the same stuff that they always say. They're not really going to go after each other at this point. It's also just really poor timing. I think people are fatigued with politics this week. Everyone, everyone wants to just get the holiday going and forget about this stuff for a week. Uh, certainly we do here in the Freedom Hut. And Mark and I were just talking about this before. I mean, this is our last, this is our last real vacation. There's not going to be any, Bruce and Mark, I'm just, just 
neither you nor I are disappearing to Jamaica, okay, yeah. for two more weeks before election day. Oh, I have a cruise scheduled after the election. There we go. Next year, next yeah. year yeah. But but we we are we are locked and loaded mm-hmm. in the Freedom Hut until election day after after this holiday, where we will both have some nice. It's a nice time off. Where's the cruise going to go, though? The cruise, uh, I think it's going to Central America, Honduras, Belize, places like that, yeah. Oh, nice. We got a good deal, so we booked for our first year anniversary. I think it's a very nice move. Yeah. yeah. It's a good time. But yeah, a- exactly. After, After the election. After the election. Right. Yeah. This is what, because we are, you know, people are like, oh, Buck, do you have any fun travel plan this year? I'm like, yeah, travel to and from the office. Yes. To cover what we're going to be covering for the next year, because it's going to be a, a complete... It's just going to be lunacy. It's going to be amazing, though. I mean, this will be the most interesting year to cover politics, I think, in my in, in our in our lifetimes. I oh, mean, my, my lifetime's longer than yours because you're young. And you can't go anywhere. I can at least take a day or so here and there. That's, that's true. Yeah, yeah but I, I got to be here. Nobody cares if I leave, but you got to give this, the analysis. But this debate tonight, I don't even think that if I live tweeted, I don't think anyone's going to watch, and certainly no one's really going to be tweeted. Also, so. who makes a debate right before Christmas? That's absurd. Like why? Yeah, I don't know. Because nobody they cares. Because this is part of the war on Christmas. Obviously, it's Democrats. Yeah. Hate Christmas. This is the reason why all the political shows go dark Christmas week. Nobody cares. They just want to be with their families and relax. Speaking of Christmas, I gotta give the gotta give the Trumpster a little credit here. Where'd he say uh where did it go? He he says that yeah, play it. I'm thrilled to be here with thousands of hardworking patriots as we celebrate the miracle of Christmas, the greatness of America, and the glory of God. Thank you very much. And did you notice that everybody is saying Merry Christmas again? Did you notice? Saying Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. There we go. From the from me here in the Freedom Hut to all of you. Producer Mark, he celebrates Hanukkah, but he's also willing to say Merry Christmas because he is Yeah, a, I'm not going to get offended if somebody says Merry Christmas to me. I'll say thank you. You too. Exactly. See? I mean, I appreciate if somebody knows me, goes out of their way and says Happy Hanukkah. Yeah, of course. But so I'm not going to get mad Happy Hanukkah from Producer Mark to all of you and yes. Merry Christmas for me to exactly. all of you. But uh, Merry Christmas but, to all that celebrate. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So Most of you. That's That's right. And to those of you that... Uh, you know, hate America and Christmas. Um, I don't know. You're listening to the wrong show. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. It seems like a great holiday. Yeah, it's the best holiday. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Although, I mean, Fourth of July this year, I really got to go all out Fourth of July because it'll trigger it'll trigger all the libs. That ostentatious display of patriotism will get them particularly upset. All right, so I, I'll give you some. Since we're doing debate tonight, I'll give you some stuff here to. Uh, to chew on a little bit um you're gonna look no there's actually very little to say about it um other than i still think that may i think that if if there's one candidate on the democrat side who could be the the breakout of this whole thing i mean the person that nobody really saw coming until all of a sudden he was a top three contender it'd be mayor pete He, he he's very liberal but he comes across as less shrill and uh, and crazy and inauthentic. And Elizabeth Warren, I think, is meeting with more Native American groups, but she doesn't apologize for she never has said that she's a fake Native American. I mean, she's just sort of said that there was some confusion. No, there's no confusion. She's a, she's a fake Native American. That's not there's no confusion here. We all know the DNA test. <laughs> Proved it. I still love one one thousand and twenty four. It's like, she, I'm, I'm, I'm Native American. I might as well have just grown up a member of a tribe. I mean, nope, 
not true. But she has never really taken a, a full accounting of this. She has never decided that she would uh, admit wrongdoing in this whole scenario. Instead, she's just taken the position that, well, you know, I guess sometimes people can get mistaken about these things growing up uh, the way that she did with parents who she claims were filling her head with this stuff. Anyway, um, the reality is Mayor P could have a big night tonight. Um, I kind of wish Bloomberg was on the stage because the problem that Bloomberg poses for Democrats is that while he's ideologically very left wing, he is not he is not somebody who is in the day to day governance of this country. He would not be a, a complete and utter absurdity who doesn't believe in like math or management. Uh, he's not Bloomberg is not an unserious person. He's a liberal, but he's not an unserious person. Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, by the way, these are unserious people. I mean, these are people that are just clowns. They're they're not uh, they're not capable of running a large institution or running anything well. Uh, so I, I do think that because Bloomberg has uh, a particular skill set here, it would be an interesting contrast. Whereas Tom Steyer is just desperate for the left wing base. Like, I mean, he's a true believer. I mean, he's kind of a scary guy. And it's a reminder that you don't have to be wise. Uh, you don't have to have good judgment to be a billionaire. You really just have to be in the right place at the right time. And people always talk about all the hard work. Yeah, there's hard work, but everyone works hard. I always tell I tell people this all the time. You know, a lot of people like to focus on the hard work that goes into success. Everybody works hard who wants to get anywhere in life. You've also got to get really lucky. You got to be in the right place at the right time and be working. I mean, hard work is pretty much, unless you're winning the lottery, is pretty much a prerequisite. But Steyer will not be really that interesting. Um, I'll just one more thing since we're talking about the debate. We're talking about elections a little bit. I think you'll. I think people will look back on yesterday, on impeachment day. Uh, they'll look back on it when Republicans take back the House and the Senate, and Donald Trump wins re-election, as the day the Democrats just jump the shark. I do think that will happen. So I wanted to give you that little bit of of comfort as we're getting ready to take off for the holiday. Not today, obviously. Tomorrow will be our last our last full show of the uh, 2019 season. It's kind of amazing how quickly time flies, but I do think that this is going to be a uh, this is going to be a moment in time that people look back on, and Democrats will they will never admit this, but they will know that this is when this is when they lost, this is when things fell apart for them, and it was no longer possible uh, for Democrats to make an honest to make a real case to the American people that they should be put in power. So we will. Have to see if my prediction on that is correct. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Can you get in trouble for saying that there are only two sexes? The answer, my friends, is most decidedly yes. This is among the most basic truths. Remember, libs pretend to like science. And pretend to be about facts. And yet they run in circles and run and hide when asked questions like, how many sexes are there? Here you have the Independent UK paper telling us the latest ruckus around this, which does in fact now bring into the mix uh, J.K. Rowling, the billionaire author of the Harry Potter series, which producer Marcus told me I should read. So perhaps I will at some point, maybe over the break, actually. 
But here's what the independent has. A researcher who lost her job after tweeting that men cannot change their biological sex has lost an employment tribunal after her opinions were ruled absolutist. The central London Employment Tribunal upheld the firing of tax expert Maya Forstater over a series of tweets questioning government plans to allow people to self-identify as another gender. Ms. Forstater was a visiting fellow at the Center for Global Development, a think tank based in London and Washington, D.C. that campaigns against poverty. She was accused of using offensive and exclusionary language on Twitter for saying, and I quote, men cannot change into women. End quote. Uh, Her legal dispute against her former employer was seen as a test on whether gender uh, critical view, there are only two biological sexes, was a protected philosophical belief in the UK under the 2010 Equality Act. The judge declared that Forrestadter's view was incompatible with human dignity and fundamental rights of others. That's right, my friends. If you say that men cannot change into women in the UK, and it's coming here, it's already pretty much here, but it's going to be even more clear. If you take that position, which is a factual and obvious position, and has been for all of history, continues to be true, and is just medically, scientifically true today. Uh, if you take that position, you can, in fact, be fired from your job. You can be fired from your job, and they will uphold that firing because it is incompatible with human dignity to say there there are two sexes. I would just want to know. I I'd want to ask liberals these days: What is the definition? What is a woman? I really mean that. Now I know this is like a funny thing, and media magic would play this like Brock Sexton doesn't know what a woman is because they're morons. It's a disgusting organization full of idiots. Um, but what is the liberal definition of a woman? If it's not bio, if it's not biology, what is what makes a woman? Is it a, a series of superficial attributes? Is it long hair and long nails and certain style of dress? Seems that some liberals believe that because if a man does those things, has perhaps some cosmetic surgery, uh, creates the uh, the perception of uh, you know larger mammary glands. I mean, like what, what exactly? Someone explain what is a woman? I, liberals really have tried to redefine this to a point where they don't have a definition anymore. And this has gotten so insane that I saw an article earlier this week as well that there is a movement now underway for what is being termed menstrual equality. This is now a thing, menstrual equality. Now, you might be saying, I think you probably are, Buck, what the heck is that? And I would tell you that menstrual equality is the movement that now men's restrooms. By the way, we're heading toward all unisex bathrooms. That's what's going to happen. We're, we're going to have all unisex bathrooms across the board that is what we are heading to but uh menstrual equality would be men having to have uh sanitary napkins and you know other devices that for dealing with menstrual issues in men's rooms they have to be distributed now in men's rooms too this is a real movement this is now underway they want to start doing this and i i have to tell you this is when i say things like libs are crazy how else would you refer to this How else could someone describe a decision like this? I would have to know what exactly, you know, what, what, how would you, 
what is this? You're going to put tampons in the men's bathroom? It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me at all. But then again, lives don't make any sense to me. Although there was another story that was troubling. Not to do this is like it's late in the season, late in the show, and you start getting into uh, you know stories about the bathroom situations. Uh, they, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Before I do that, also, J.K., what did J.K. Rowling do here? That was the other reason this was getting so much attention. Uh, she has come under fire for, here you go. I'm trying, I'm trying to find her tweet. Dress however you please, she wrote. Call yourself whatever you like. Sleep with any consenting adult who will have you. Live your best life and peace and security. But force women out of their jobs for saying that sex is real. J.K. Rowling's right here. She is getting hammered by lunatics on Twitter for this. And the lib media is going crazy on her because she's a liberal. She's merely saying, if you are getting, if you can get fired from your job for stating objective truth, then what is left? How can anyone believe that we have free speech if you can get fired for saying what is true, what is objectively true? There are only two. There's no third sex. It does not exist. There are only two sexes. Uh, but liberals, you know, there, there's a lot of long conversations to be had about this and, and behind the scenes and everything else about what what the kind of Marxist roots are of all of this stuff. Uh, why is it that they're trying to erase gender? Why do they want to remove all of this from uh, the public sphere? But that's that's a conversation for, I suppose, a another time. Um, man, I can't believe this is our second to last Second to last full show of 2019, man. This time has flown by. This has gotten crazy. And uh, I'm just glad that I have the team with me because 2020 is going to be, this is going to be the craziest year we've ever done on the show. I mean, it's just going to be the most off the wall. The Democrats are going to lose their minds. I mean, I'm psyched. Don't get me wrong. I'm psyched. But I'm going to need a week here of a lot of Netflix and, and Thai food and like other takeout food. That's pretty much my plan. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Team Buck, it's time for Roll Call. So this is a silly story, but I, I wanted to just mention it before we get into roll call. There's a, there's now a new company that's created a toilet seat. I don't know if you saw this, producer Mark, but this is supposed to be about increasing productivity in the workplace. It's a toilet seat that is at a slight tilt so that you can't get that. <laughs> it's uncomfortable to sit there for more than like five minutes because businesses don't like when people go to the bathroom and just sit there and read their phones for 20 or 30 minutes. Do people do that? Apparently, like, this is a company. I'm a germaphobe, so like I will never take a poo at work. Thanks for that, Ever. producer Mark. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was a little graphic there. <laughs> yeah, you could just I use, the just said, use the restroom. Producer Mark's been on vacation too I long, been. sir. We are not we are not savages here. But like, there's all those sitcoms that like uh, I'll do How I Met Your Mother, reading a magazine at work, if you will. Like, I, who does that? 
Um, yeah, apparently uh, they don't want all public toilets to me, and this is a public toilet. Apparently, they don't want to uh, read it. They don't want you reading magazines at work yeah. anymore. That's all I can tell you because they've had these toilets that are now at a tilt, and they're gonna, yeah. I'm telling they're going to start installing them. When you first started saying that, I thought you were like, "Oh, it's like a squatty potty, but on the toilet." But no, no, no. It's supposed to, and it's supposed to really be uncomfortable. So after a while, I guess because you have to brace yourself with your thighs, your hamstring, your hammies, well, or whatever. All right, anyway. this is going to become a thing now. What about like people who are handicapped? I guess they'll probably yeah. they'll probably still be a normal toilet that's that's handicapped accessible, and then other people are going to want to use that toilet. This is going to cause problems. Exactly. This is going to be a big cluster. You know what? Yeah, I agree. All right, roll call. Um, let's see, what we have here uh, morning podcast listener every morning. I just get to do it. This is from Taylor in the mountains of Utah, archery hunting for deer and elk. Shields high. Uh, by the way. Uh, your beard's looking great. Thanks, Taylor. The beard's come in a little bit. I've, I've figured out a little more about beard about beardom. Um, so, yeah, let's see what we have here next up. Um, this is on the Facebook side, by the way, facebook.com slash bucksexit if you want to send us stuff. Uh, let's see. Um, Andy. Right. Hold on. What happens when 90% of the media is controlled or owned by six corporations? What happens when those same corporations are operated and controlled by a political ideology? What happens when the news is no longer free from bias? What? Okay, there's, okay, there's a lot of what happens questions here in a row. Andy, thank you. What happens is what you're seeing around you right now, which is that you have a political echo chamber that is reinforced by almost all of the uh, major media outlets that exist. Rick writes, um, Buck, I'm a little bit late on your movie comments. I must agree with you that Master and Commander with Russell Crowe is thoroughly excellent. As a lifelong sailor, I know it's difficult to realistically create the illusion of ships at sea, but Master and Commander is perfect pitch and my favorite seafaring movie. In that vein, I'd highly recommend the Star series Black Sails, which is a prequel to Stevenson's Treasure Island. Everything from the script acting and cinematography combined to make it wonderfully entertaining and thoroughly compelling. I'm binge-watching it now, about halfway through the third or fourth season. I can't wait to see the next episode. You won't be disappointed. Shields high, Rick. Rick, I can tell you that is an excellent recommendation. I really like Black Sails a lot. I've seen every episode of it. I've watched every single episode. Ever seen it, Producer Mark? Oh, no. It's very good, I think, for what it is. There's a lot of... It's not for kids. There's a lot of, you know stuff going on a lot of pirate a lot of pirate ladies without a lot of clothing on uh, especially in the first season they do a lot of that stuff but it overall it actually develops into a pretty sound a pretty sound script with uh good acting and and they overall do a a good job so i gotta say i i think it's a pretty good thing um mike buck one of trump's accomplishments is seldom mentioned space force Space Force, Space Force, party time. Excellent. We don't really know much about Space Force, so I I think that's an interesting, you raise an interesting question there. Maybe I'm not very read up on this, but what happened to NASA? Can't we just use them? No, because this is a military command, yo. Oh. Yeah, NASA is about like space exploration. This is about blowing other spaceships out of the sky in the future when we have to. Is this a real problem? I mean, it could be. I don't know. Uh, you got to read about I'm, space I'm not acting. I'm not trying to mock anyone. I'm legitimately. No, I, I. I mean, I think it depends on you. Yeah, like uh, you know, 
satellites and things like that or yeah it's it's a real thing that's a real thing all right i'll take your word for it yeah I, that's always a good plan Donna writes, Dear Buck, love the show. I listen to my local station, but the last hour gets cut, cut off for local programming. I listen on the, uh, on the podcast app as well. Sadly, I'm a little bit behind, but the app helps me pass the time when I'm cleaning. Keep up the good work. Donna, well, Donna, thank you so much. And that's what I tell everybody. If you ever miss the show or you miss part of the show, that's why I download it on the iHeart app. Subscribe on the iHeart app. You can also subscribe on iTunes. That is the best way to make it happen. Uh, you can always listen that way. Uh, let's see here. Um, Philip, CNN panel discussion. Stop butting in while I'm interrupting. Thanks for keeping us safe and warm at night. Philip, thank you for thanking me. And yeah, CNN, CNN stinks. So there's that. Uh, let's see here. Don, good evening, Buck. I'm in lower area in lower Alabama, not California. I don't subscribe to cable, therefore I don't receive channels on the grid. When the truth was over by our Republican patriots, the network's broadcasting history went to normal broadcast, etc., etc. Um, Shield time. Don, thank you, man. Thanks for listening again. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Good to have you in on this action. Let's see what we got here. Joseph. Buck, you are the man. Keep up the good work. Expose those Dems. I really enjoy listening to you, Guy, every night on my ride home from work in New Orleans to Pearl River. And producer Mark is I. Y'all just keep kicking, kicking butt and shields high. Well, Joseph, thank you, man. I appreciate you listening down in New Orleans, um, where we are on a, a wonderful affiliate down the New Orleans area. But you can always listen to the podcast. And I appreciate that I get to keep people company, company on their way to work. That is the plan. Jeff. Writes out, has anyone ever pointed out that Pelosi looks and talks like Fire Marshal Bill? Who's Fire Marshal Bill? Do we know who that is? I don't, I don't know who Fire Marshal Bill is. So I'll have to look that one up. Uh, let's see. Jeremy. Jeremy Spoken. Just kidding. Just kidding. Sorry. I know that's every time you hear the name Jeremy, though, I think about that one. Is that the best Pearl Jam song? Probably. Probably. Come on. Mm, probably. It probably uh, is. Yeah. <laughs> Producer Mark knows. He knows. Hey, Buck, last night on your show, other people emailed you concerning your audio issues. I'm telling you, man, I'm sure you're losing a lot of listeners because of it. I hope you take it seriously and get it fixed. It would suck if you didn't get it fixed because of uh, the audio issues. I mean, I, I, are, there, are, there, are there audio issues still? All right. The actual show, what I do and when you and I speak yeah. every single day... The day-to-day is completely fine. I even listened. I listened to the whole show. It was fine. When there are ad insertions, which I just put the times the ad needs to go in, I do not actually put the ad in. That is out of my control. So if the commercial's really low, I can email somebody about it, and I'm not even sure who. This is a big company. I can email them about it, but I don't control it. Can we can we try to email whoever I can that try. Would be? I, try. I have it. been trying, but I'm just saying that it's really out of my control. Yeah, yeah no, I know. I'm, but, just, I'm glad you told everybody. But I'm, I, I just would like to point out that everything you hear from the Freedom Hut, crystal clear and perfect. That's right. That's how we do. Yep. Uh, let's see here. But yeah, we should try to find whoever doing the ad insertions. Hey, Buck, I saw your conversation on gun control. I just want to say we have the technology to save lives by having gun makers place a chip in all guns made and in cell phones, having them detectable when a gun is within 20 feet. Uh, thank you for your time. Sincerely, Rondell. Um Current cell phones and guns should be updated for a small fee. Oh, Rondell, it wouldn't be a small fee, and 
just imagine for a second uh, a first of all, a chip put in a gun. So, I mean, are you talking about tracing it? Are you talking about uh, fingerprint, essentially a fingerprint trigger lock? I'm not really clear. But imagine if you're trying to defend yourself and all of a sudden, like, there's actually a fingerprint scanner in my building to get access to a certain part of the building. Uh, it's limited access. It, n- it never works. Fingerprint sp- scanning technology is very spotty. So now who, who wants to have a fingerprint scanner on their firearm that they may have to uh, rely on to save their life? And also, if you buy a gun legally, which some of the mass shooters we've talked about do and some of the criminals who use guns illegally do, although a lot of them don't. But if you buy a gun legally, uh, you who would institute this policy where you have to make sure that you have your fingerprint scan before you could use the gun? Or couldn't you just be the owner of the gun that you're going to use illegally anyway? I, it just it doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me. It's a use feature, not a safety feature. And that causes major problems. And as for the cell phone thing, I mean, that sounds like that's going to be multi-billion dollar situation to put that in all cell phones. I don't know what this, I don't know what this is. But Rondell, if you have any more specifics, please send them my way. Uh-oh. Um, you were wrong about Nancy Pelosi becoming president under today's impeachment question. If Trump is removed from the office by the Senate, then Pence will become president. Uh, he would select a new VP like Nixon did when Agnew resigned. That new VP would become president if Pence were to be impeached and subsequently removed, not nutty Nancy. The only way Nancy becomes president is if both Pence and Trump die at the same time or close enough that Pence couldn't select the new VP. Um, yeah, I just meant that Nancy Pelosi's third and technically third in line in the current succession for the presidency. But yeah, a new a new president could. When Pence is elevated, so that's, I mean, it's a fair point. When Pence is elevated, he can pick a new vice president. Um, but theora- if the president and the vice president were, God forbid, ever like on a plane at the same time and that plane went down or something, you, the Speaker of the House becomes the president of the United States. We all know how the uh, succession there would work. Lucinda, uh, I have a great concern about U.S. government. Okay, Linda, this uh, Lucinda, this one's a bit long. I got to read that one on my own. Next up here, Bob Buck. I love your show. Crazy as a bed bug is an old saying. I'm 73. I got it from my dad. Was born in 1911. Also, a year that Colt 45 made a very good handgun. Shields high, Bob. Bob, thank you, man. I've heard that. Um, I've since learned that crazy as a bed bug is a thing. Um, I don't have a question. I listened to your show before Coast to Coast in Omaha. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I wish you wouldn't do impressions. Okay, Catherine. I mean, we don't do a lot of them here. So, you know, hopefully you can listen to the rest of the show. Also, I'd say the pro impressions. You don't do a lot of them? Do I do a lot of them? I mean, a fair some amount. shows more than others. Yeah, yeah, like today we didn't do any impressions. Well, really. that's because you weren't talking about the Democrats. Yeah, that's true. You don't really impersonate Republicans. We do, we do a little bit. We do, it's a little, a little spice, a little spice in the soup. But all right, Catherine, duly noted, I'd say the pro versus con impressions uh, based on audience feedback is about 10 to 1 in favor. And, and if it wasn't, I would just stop doing it, obviously, because I want the uh, audience to be happy and to have the best show they can. But your uh, your objection to fun is duly noted. So thank you very much. Uh, Thomas, try fired bacon. There's a restaurant in a small town in Texas that fires bacon. It's crispy and great. Um, is that also called cooking? I don't know. What do you mean fired bacon? I mean, is that what they do at the Trump Hotel where they have a little blowtorch and they char the bacon? Uh, I don't know. 
And that, that might be a way to do it. Kyle! As someone who lives in Oregon, I hear daily that Trump is a devil. He's such a horrid president, etc. Ironically, the voting showed the majority of the state beyond the metro areas were heavily red. In regard to impeachment, it is, as you have said repeatedly, a farce. However, I think the RNC is going about dealing with it the wrong way. There need to be investigations to shift, and Biden needs to be full court press at this point. Biden did not use his influence to protect Hunter. He bragged about it, or did not only use his influence to protect Hunter. He bragged about it, and at this point, there needs to be a push on the right to show that kind of video on loops. It is going to be a crazy year. Let's hope the RNC can show some backbone. Well, let's hope. Let's hope. Um, uh, let's see here. Hector writes, just saw you on Fox News. Uh, this is an old message, I guess. The Houston police chief aligns with the Democrats. He's from California. I'm a retired state trooper here in Texas. Stay safe. Yeah, Hector, I know. And I, that's why I was such it's an absurd. You don't know that he's a Democrat? She yelled at me. Yeah, I do. The guy's a Democrat. Okay, we all know. That's ridiculous. But we can pretend not to know because that makes it easier for libs to make bad arguments. Um, let's now take a pause and we'll go into the email box. Juan, first email in teambuck at iheartmedia.com if you want to send it to us. Juan from Florida here. Shields high. Have you noticed that Nancy looks like she belongs with the Adams family? Meaning, yeah, she's dressed in black. I mean, yeah, I noticed she dressed in black for sure. Although that's much more common than just the Adams family, if we're going to be honest about it. Tom, Buck, love the show. Been listening since Saturdays. Congrats on the presidential retweets. I look forward to seeing you on Trump News Network in five years. So I had a quick question you'd probably know far better than I would. As my use of classified info has only ever been as a consumer prior to a mission, never as an analyst and never handling TS info. Does Vindman actually have the authority to determine that additional parties not present on the phone call between President Trump and Zelensky have a need to know about what transpired on the call? And could he face consequences on that? Also, any more Shields High podcast. Shields High, Tom. Um, also, please know Alex Jones' best of segments. I can feel my IQ dropping just hearing them. Keep up the good work. Producer Mark, see? Another high five for Producer Mark. Uh, need to know is a, it's not really, if someone, as long as someone has a clearance, it's not a criminal violation. So the worst thing need, need to know could be would essentially result in some kind of a, uh, you know, administrative reprimand need to know is not something where you're going to get in a lot of trouble as long as the person has a clearance. So did Vinman have the right to say who had a need to know? Not really, but it's not, there's no real teeth behind that. So I don't think you can get too worked up and worried about it one way or the other. Um, here we go. Marina, I'll send some love for producer Mark. Having the wedding and the honeymoon behind you must be a relief. I can hear a difference in your voice. It's good to hear you laugh. The OSS have heard many producers in the Freedom Hut and your family, as far as I'm concerned, oh, from Marina. That's the nicest thing I've ever heard. Thank you, Marina. There we go. See? Thank yes, you, Marina. I'm Producer Mark so is actually much. smiling yeah. now. <laughs> I'm so much less stressed. You could tell, like, the all of November. Yeah, yeah. I was on a different planet. You were tightly wound. Yeah. That is true. Producer Mark is, is cool like the other side of the pillow. All right, everybody. Second to last full show of 2019 in the books, please. Today and all through the holiday, tell people about the Buck Sexton Show. Pass the buck. Tell them to subscribe on the iHeart app or on iTunes to the podcast. Let's keep those numbers going up. Shields high.